The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. Sports, 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 sports. So they just sit there and talk about sports? Yeah, and I bet A.J. wishes he was here to talk about the Steelers so he could say, I told you so to everybody. Hey, let's have some fun. It's a Tuesday on the Blitz. Diabolical. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, this is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And The Blitz is on for a Tuesday. Welcome to the greatest show in the history of the known universe. With me, Fred Fowler, the Falcon. Jermaine Every joins me today. Trey Campbell running the board. A little bit of a surprise to me, but that's okay. We're happy to have Trey. If you want to get in today, 713-780-ESPN is your number, 713-780-3776. Or you can get us on uh, Twitter, at Fred Fowler, F-A-O-U-R, at, uh, it's the underscore Jermaine, correct? Yes. And at Juggalo Trey, correct? Yeah, Juggalo Trey, uh, Juggalo underscore Trey 48. Okay, Juggalo underscore Trey 48. I'll probably have to ask you that again. Uh, there's the text line, 713-780-3776 for that. Or you can watch us on Twitch. Uh, just go to twitch.tv slash ESPN975. And it's a Tuesday. Everybody's usually in a bad mood. You shouldn't be because really it's a Thursday because we only have one more day this week. And if you have to work, sorry. But uh, we've got college football. we got pro football still going on. We had just a thriller of a game last night. And, uh, boy, Steelers sure have uh, gone the wrong direction here. You know, I was going back and forth with Dez on Twitter about that, and I was like, no, have faith in your team, have faith in your team. And I knew it got real when she replied to me in all caps, do you effing believe me now? <laughs> <laughs> she didn't drop any uh, any Saints hate on you? No. Okay. No, no, no Saints hate. It was just Steeler hate last night. Ah, ah. Well, and you know what, the Saints – uh, there's no shame in losing by three to the best team in football when Drew Brees hasn't played in a month and looked like it for the first quarter. So uh, I'm not sure what the Steelers' excuse was. You know, it, it, it just seems like that team is just despondent right now. Like they, they, they don't know what to do on defense. They can't get it right on offense. They may break a run here and there, and then Ben throws three incompletions and, you know, three and out, boom. Juju is a TikTok star, according to the Cincinnati Bengals' Twitter account. And I mean, they just, they, they're just not in sync right now, but this is what happens when you get inflated stats and inflated wins because you're beating up on bad teams, crappy teams at the beginning of the year, you run up against some good teams with the teams that's really fighting for something to play for. Like last night against the Cincinnati Bengals, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. I, uh, I was kicking myself for not taking the Bengals and the points last night. I just didn't have any interest in playing, but that was the only side to be on. And uh, I didn't. I, I didn't think there was any chance in hell they'd win the game outright. But uh, you know what? That's uh, we're getting late in the season. We're starting to see some weird stuff. Uh, teams get worn down, and we saw it with the Jets beating the Rams. And yeah, you know, the thing about Juju, Juju is really inconsistent. I mean that because I've had him on my fantasy team all year, and it's like Same I'm either here. getting thirty points or I'm getting six. Same here. Fortunately, I didn't need him to get to the championship, but. Um, you know, somebody says, speaking of Steelers, you can pull Juju aside and tell him not to dance on the logo. I I, I do think that's kind of silly. But, you know, 
it's these new kids these days. They do all kinds of stupid stuff, and that's just what they do. So you're going to get it at some point from one of your players or another player somewhere. You'll see it somewhere. But that's oh, he got lit up last night. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so yeah, but um, I I don't know. I'm not a uh, I'm not a big fan of that kind of stuff. But I'm an old, so you know if it, if it's if it's what these kids are into today, so be it. I don't mind it as much, but you better back it up. And now that he hasn't backed it up, he better not do it again. So where do you put the Steelers in in the uh, AFC hierarchy right now? If you're power ranking today, obviously Chiefs won. Chiefs definitely won. Um, I would have to go with the Bills too. Yeah, I agree. Bills too. Um, I don't know if I can put the Steelers third. I'd probably put the Titans or maybe even the Browns above the Steelers, just with the way the Steelers are going right now. I would take the Titans and the Colts over the Steelers right now, and that wouldn't have been the case, you know, a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, I, I would I I could have made a case for the Bills. But the but the Steelers when they when they didn't have any losses it's hard to put anybody over them other than the Chiefs and in fact I would have had just the Chiefs and the and the Saints ahead of them at one point but yeah now I, I think if it comes down to it I I'd take the Titans over them I'd take the Colts over them certainly the Bills and the, the Bills are the most intriguing team to me in the AFC because I could see them being the one team that might be able to compete with with the Chiefs and I think the Chiefs are better but I do think the Bills have the weapons to do it. And I don't know what the Chiefs are going to look like with Le'Veon Bell as their main running back now. I think that's a that's a significant loss losing a, a layer. Of course, they won a Super Bowl without him last year, but uh, that that's a big loss because he added a lot to that team this year. And the the thing was was he he I don't think most people realize the type of runner he actually was um, running behind that line at LSU with that off that explosive offense. They knew he could catch the ball out of the backfield, but I don't think I think people underestimated him as a runner. And once they saw what he could do behind that Chiefs offensive line, which is good, not great, but good. And then it was like, oh, wow, this kid is really good. He can really run the ball. He has the patience, the balance, and, you know, moves and whatnot. But when you lose a guy like that and you take a significant step back to Le'Veon Bell, now Le'Veon Bell can still catch the ball out of the backfield, but can he get open when they like to split those running backs out wide? That's one of the things that I'm worried about. Edwards Elaire proved he can do that. Le'Veon Bell, not so much. And uh, we didn't get to this yesterday, but the Pro Bowl came out. And, uh, of course, everybody's whining about snubs. I would just point out that almost everybody who gets snubbed winds up playing because guys opt out for whatever reasons. Guys get injured. Guys make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, I do think the the, the glaring ones to me, uh, I don't know how you don't have DeForest Buckner on there. Uh, he, he's, he's been a monster for the Colts on a good team. And uh, I, I think Ryan Tannehill deserved to be on that team. Ryan Tannehill, uh, Demario Davis from the Saints was another snub. Um, no, a buddy of mine, we were texting earlier, wondering how did Jair Alexander for the the Packers make it with you know the kind of year that they had on that defense. Uh, th- there's always going to be quote unquote snubs for the Pro Bowl, but like I said earlier, I was talking to a friend of mine. The Pro Bowl is basically a fan voting popularity contest. If your team's fans get out and they flood the ballots with votes for your guys, your guys are going to get in. What I truly look at are the all-pro teams. Now, I know that's a media-voted thing, so are the postseason awards, but that to me means, okay, these are the guys that are widely recognized as being the top at their positions in football. 713-780-ESPN, your number, 713-780-3776. Young Sant mentioned James Robinson. That's another guy that, uh, that probably deserved to make it, and, I think the Cowboys were shut out for the first time since the 80s. 
in, in, in Pro Bowl selections. So, um, yeah, I, very, very strange, but it's been a strange year. And, you know, it's going to keep being strange. At least because uh, once we get into bowl season, we got bowl games moving around. And we talked about this yesterday. Uh, Army was not in a bowl game because their game got canceled. They will be in the Liberty Bowl now. So uh, good for them. Uh, and I, I kind of like them in that game a little bit, especially when uh, you don't have time to prepare for those guys. That triple option is a monster. And people keep underestimating it, not thinking about it, thinking like, oh, they play this old school, you know, 70s type of football, wing tee and the triple option. And it's effective, especially when you're not prepared for it. Uh, Pinche on uh, the, the uh, Twitch line says, who's actually making money here at 97.5 FM with their expert picks? There should be a leaderboard on that back wall. Full disclosure, I'm just saying. Please don't be I'm just saying guy. I'm just saying guy is a dickweed. So don't be that. I know you're not that. So don't be that. Uh, my picks were on when I was on pregame. Everything was on there. Uh, when we launch our, our our site, everything will be on there. So uh, you know, I, I can you know, I mean, I, I keep track of everything, but there's no leaderboard. AJ's picks all, all you can go on pregame and see his record. So th- it's all there. I can't speak for the other guys, but uh, I can tell you that uh, when we launch the Sports Map Elite betting site. That uh, that Jerry Bow and I and some other folks are going to be doing every single um, every single pick will be chronicled on there. So you'll see who's winning and who's not. And, and I, I I think that's very important. And um, you know I, I'm I, I'm excited about that. We're we're close. Uh, still waiting on a couple investors. Once we get that done, we'll launch the site. I hope to have it ready by Super Bowl. It is going to be the greatest uh, sports betting information site in the history of the world. It's not just going to be uh, picks. We're going to have all kinds of cool stuff on there for you. Uh, information. It's going to be great, and I'm uh, I'm excited about it. But you know, we got we've got to get uh, got to get some funding before we can get the thing launched the way we want to launch it. And uh, I, I that'll happen soon. So just be patient. <laughs> Texas Monty said fade Trey, and you're making bank this season. Yeah, after that great start, Trey kind of went south on us. I don't know what happened. Um. Well, you, you probably. Just uh, everybody goes through a a downturn. And that's that's one thing too. I always try to tell people is um, you know you hear all these guys oh he's seventeen and zero streak. Um, it, it, everybody has downs. I mean, it, and again, realistically, if you're picking fifty five percent, you're doing a good job. And even then, you can lose money uh, because it, the way I bet, the way Jerry bets, a lot of people is is we have tears right. Um, in like there's a five-unit play versus a one-unit play. Well, if you're only about 40% on your five-unit plays, you can be 80% on your one units, and you're losing money. So, so much of it comes down to uh, are you right on the big bets? And so far this year, that's that's been a big plus for me. And I think uh, those, when, when you, but you are going to lose. And, and I, I keep trying to tell people, I, uh, I, I spent years losing my ass at poker, losing my ass on the ponies, losing my ass on sports betting before I started making profits. And it is, and, and I, I've had, uh, I had a losing year in horse racing last year and I'm about break even this year. So, you know, it's not, no matter how long you've been doing it, no matter how much you study, um, you know, that's, there's going to be stretches and, you know, people don't want to tell you about that. You know, I, I, I'm more than happy to tell you about that. So full disclosure, just saying. Jermaine's starting to get into it now. 
Yeah, I'm whew, week 15. I, I'm scared to even look at all my picks. <laughs> I, I just looked at the scores of the games and was like, okay, I'll, I'll mark it up and show everybody and let them know what it looks like because, yeah, this week was my downturn. It, oh. it happens, though. It, it, what, but one of the things, and we talked about this in the audio book, um, one of the things you have to do is you don't start panicking because of a couple of bad weeks. But if you have a long stretch of not winning, then you have to look back at what you're doing. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And and just for the record, in our little pool with uh, Eric Warner, where we pick five games every week, uh, I'm tied for first 44 and 31. Okay. And AJ is 41 and 34, so he's also having a pretty good season in there. The problem with that game is you have to go 5-0. and oh. I think I've gone 4-0 and oh three times, or 4-1 and one three times, and lost the last game every single time. But, you know, that's... I don't. I may not play five games in a weekend either. That so a lot of these are games that I wouldn't have touched, and yeah. sometimes those are the ones I win. And the 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 stuff that I was doing, I was just putting out picking the point spread and the over and under for every game every week, no matter what. Not saying and I keep telling people I'm not a professional. These aren't games that I'm actually betting on. This isn't something that you know I'm advising you to go out and do. This is just what I'm looking at when I'm looking at all the point spreads and all the over and unders this week. Yeah, I I do bet anything I come on here and say, hey, this is a play. And, you know, so if I lose and people are following it, then I know they lost. I feel worse about that than losing my own money. Yeah, that's why I tell people, hey, look, if you take my advice, fine. I had a buddy of mine the other week said, man, I I picked four of the games that you listed and I I hit on a nice little parlay. I was like, okay, cool. Where's my cut? All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, a college team that a lot of people are, are interested in around here is Cleaning House. We'll tell you what they did when we come back. It's a Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. Attention. You're listening to the Blitz. Lock and roll, boys. On ESPN 97.5. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. No A.J. today. Jermaine Every filling in. So we're going to have some fun. I was listening to uh, Josh on the way in talk to Trey about his strip club experience. Uh, my favorite, uh, favorite thing about that was uh, one of my friends texted me while they were there to say, Trey just said, God bless these women. <laughs> they were good looking women. I got to say. I could totally hear you saying that, but I didn't want to, uh, I wanted Josh to be able to uh, have you on to talk about all that. So if you missed it, it'll be on the podcast and uh, you can go check it out. All right. So we uh, teased uh, some changes for a college team that people around here care about. Uh, the LSU Tigers basically cleaned house on everybody not named Ed Orgeron. Bo Pelini, gone. Uh, that that didn't work. I actually thought that was a good hire at the time, but clearly that didn't work. You know, uh, Craig Shelton and I were on Twitter going back and forth about this, and I told him, I said, I think Bo Pelini needs to go after this year. His thought process was, no, you keep him because this team was young. It's a Rona season. Da, 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 da. I said, no, that team is still way too talented, even with the guys that they have left over. 
the recruiting classes that they've had prove that they have talent, even though those guys are young. That defense should not have been nowhere near that bad. Yeah, I, I mean, they it, obviously there was a lot of issues to deal with, but everybody had to deal with them. But the defense never got better. They got better on offense as the year went on. Yeah, but defensively, that uh, they were just terrible. And and you know what? You're LSU. You can you can have your choice of really good defensive coordinators, and they'll they'll be somebody who just got fired as a head coach or something like that, who's, who's a good coordinator that they'll be able to get. They also uh, got rid of Scott Linehan, who was their passing game coordinator. It turned out to be a little bit of a come down from Joe Brady. Uh, you think? <laughs> now, part of it was not having 11 NFL players on your offense either. But um, Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback. Yeah. And uh, a, a stud running back and, and stud receivers. I mean, they still had good players. Yeah. But, I, and again, that's another one I thought, you know what? That's not a bad hire. Uh, this guy with NFL experience, guy who can. Uh, uh, bring bring something a little different to the offense. It, it's so funny though that the the offensive coordinator there never gets any any heat. You know, it's like, well, it's a passing game coordinator. He also didn't get any credit last year. Joe Brady got all of that. Yeah, Steve Insminger, as a matter of fact, is going to retire after this year. So not only are they losing Scott, they got rid of Scott Linehan, but Insminger is going to retire. I didn't see that part of it. Wow. Okay. So now you're. Now you're really starting from scratch, but that 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 happens when you have a year like that. And in the, uh, the the side note to all of this is that they're cleaning house, but if some of these allegations come to roost with uh, Cocho, uh, he might be gone too. Uh, I that would be yeah, and again, I think that's one that you have to wait and find out everything that happened. Yeah, before, definitely before let you... it flesh out. Definitely let it flesh out. But I, I don't. I could see why LSU wanted to clean house on the coaching staff and start anew with the year that they had. They shouldn't have been this bad. I could see a step down, but being this terrible, it was just inexcusable. Yeah, and I, I got to give them credit. They were better over the last few games. Definitely. That Florida and, game was really good. Yeah, and uh, and even Ole Miss. I mean, they they shouldn't have given up that many points, but Ole Miss was scoring on a lot of people. So, uh, you know, the self-imposed bowl ban, though, I mean, that – they were five and five. That would that would have gotten them in. So. I mean, I'm seeing teams that are like under 500 getting bowl bids this year, just because it's been such a crazy year. So they would have gotten a bowl. And a couple South weeks, Carolina two wins, Arkansas what two wins went, exactly. And team people were you know laughing at oh LSU self imposed bowl ban yeah woo big deal. But look at all the teams that are getting bowl bids though. So it is something. I, I do I do wonder how many of these bowls are actually going to be played. Uh, we've already seen some canceled. Um, and I mentioned in the first segment, Army will get to play in a bowl game now. Nine and two Army uh, will face West Virginia in the Liberty Bowl. When Tennessee was originally scheduled to be in that game, they had to drop out after receiving multiple COVID-19 tests. If I'm the Aggies, I'm a little concerned about that, but uh, I do think uh, good for uh, good for Army to get in there, and, and that's, that's, a, that's a good bowl game, and this is something you don't see because of all the tie-ins to conferences. Right. Uh, I mean, there, there really wasn't another SEC team that they could go put in there. Now, they were talking about, I guess, bumping um, uh, Ole Miss up uh, or Mississippi State up from whatever bowl they're in. But uh, this this makes more sense. Just slot them in the Liberty Bowl. Yeah, definitely. I like the way they're being flexible about the bowl season and shuffling things around. Like you said, you're getting different matchups and whatnot. Plus, you have to think about it like this. All these bowls are in bed with each other. So if you bump one SEC school up from another bowl, you kind of owe that bowl a favor. Right. So it, it just makes things awkward. Just leave everything where it is, shift other guys around, and hopefully everything will work out for the best. Now, 
the thing that I think is going to cause us to have bowl cancellations with the Rona is the longer we wait for some of these games to go off, the ones that are later on in the season, week two, three weeks from now, possibly, or well, a two a week or two from now, those are the ones that I'm more nervous about being canceled because that gives more time for kids to go out and do stuff stupid and get catch the Rona, and the next thing you know, a whole position group is wiped out of the school and you got to cancel the game. Here's a hypothetical. What if one of the teams has to pull out of the playoff? Ooh. Wait, even let's take it a step further. Like, like somebody pulls a Tennessee and has to pull out of the playoff. Let's take it a step further. Let's say it's Notre Dame. Notre Dame gets the Rona. Uh, offensive line group is wiped out. They can't go in the, in the in the in the CFP. Do you put a team like A and M or Cincinnati or somebody like that in that slot? I I don't know that you can because they may have they may have already played their bowl game. Because uh, if it happens a day before or two days before. I think you're going to wind up just having a forfeit because uh, you have to. Uh, it would have to happen like a week before, and then what do you do? I mean, that's a those are premium games that teams like A and M and Oklahoma are in. Uh, as far as bowl games go, I, I don't think you could do it. Uh, I, I just think it would be a disaster. And, and Rainman says if this turns out anything like the Baylor thing, then that may be his ass. I hope not, but that's the reality. Yeah, it, it is. If if he winds up, uh, if this winds up being like the Baylor thing, then Coach O's there's no way he survives it. Well, I was wrong about this game. Nevada is it's just murdering Tulane. Yeah, didn't you pick Tulane with the points? Uh yes, I did. And I am what you call wrong about this one. Exactly. That's one thing that guys you and both, realize that but, we don't mind admitting when we're wrong about this kind of stuff. It really doesn't bother us at all. Um well, it's another good point. Somebody brings up what if someone has a case spike between the semi and the championship week? I think you push the championship game back. Yeah. You have to have a, a champion. You worked this hard to get this far. You have to have a champion. <laughs> Texas Monty, you could go deep conspiracy with this. What if a program paid some Rona ladies of the night to party with the opposition's players? Ooh, Ooh. I like that. I, I I like the way you think, sir. Hey, that that is <laughs> biological warfare. You're right. You're right, yeah. Texas Monty. I, I mean, you just never know. And especially, like, what if it's a case where, like, you have a team like uh, uh they're playing the New Mexico Bowl, I believe, up in Dallas. Yeah. And I think it's one of the – let me see. Who's in Houston and Hawaii. Okay, bam. Hawaii comes over. Houston's right down 45. Who's to say that U of H can't pay some ladies of the night to go and visit the guys from Hawaii? Yeah, see, that's different, though, because I think if you're Houston, you won a game. You, I mean, they, they've had how many canceled this year? And it's, it's like and that, three it's, or four, and right? That, it was more than that. Uh, that – that game means nothing. It gives Dana a chance to even his record for the year, and it gives him a chance for some more experience for some of his guys getting going into next season. So I, I they want that game. The but you start talking about like boy, if you could if you could drop the Rona on Alabama. So just just a thought, just a thought. Here's another thing: would would teams in that position, especially the four teams in the CFP, would they? go through more extreme lengths to make sure that their guys are staying away. And uh, I'm sure they're going to try, but kids are kids. Now, what, what, what I might do if I were them is not report it. Want to blow your chance at the college football playoff? Oh, no, we got a couple of kids who have the flu. Didn't get their flu shots. Stomach virus. Yeah. Food poisoning. Of course, the flu is usually code for hangover. But, yeah, you know, I, I, I mean... I could see teams trying not to report it. 
Definitely. I, I'm, and I mean, would if you if I wouldn't be surprised if I saw guys going out in those games wearing their mask, some sort of mask or neck gaiter while they're playing, in order to try to you know kind of keep it hush hush, but at the same time get them in the game, let them play. I could definitely see stuff like that happening. 713-780-ESPN is your number, 713-780-3776, or you, you get in touch with us any of the multiple ways. Jermaine Every filling in today for uh, A.J. Hoffman as uh, we uh, limp to the end of Christmas week, and uh, it'll be Jerry Bow tomorrow. It's been a lot of fun working with all these guys, and uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to a few days off. We actually were going to jump in the RV again and go camping, but everything's full, so everybody had the same idea for Christmas week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Why don't you just park it on your, your property? Because it's not developed yet. We're actually working on that now. Um, we've got uh, we've got a proposal that we're about to accept so that we can get basically get a road put in there, and uh, then I can park it there. Because right now it's in a storage area, and there's construction going on, and it is almost impossible to get that damn thing in and out of that place. It, it's just a pain in the ass, so I'm, I'm looking forward to not having to do that. All right, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. We will uh, next segment. A couple people want to want to know a little bit more about Jermaine, and uh, we're going to tell the people about Jermaine. We're going to oh, inter- yeah. introduce you a little bit to those of you who don't know him, and uh, a lot more to get to. Don't go anywhere. It is the Blitz on ESPN ninety seven five ninety two five. In our days, cause I found God. Yeah! When it comes to sports betting, sportsmapbets.com is the site you need. From weekly betting guides to single game breakdowns of the point spread, money line, over, under, and more, sportsmapbets has all the info you need to make the best play. sportsmapbets.com. You're listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. 713-780-ESPN is your number. 713-780-3776. So people who don't know Jermaine, Jermaine, tell them a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, how you came to be doing radio? Uh, it was part of this affirmative action program where they needed more black guys on the radio. So they just kind of recruited me because they saw it was a black guy who knew about sports, pretty much. You weren't supposed to tell them that. Oh, my. Yeah. They, I, yeah. That. Come on, man. Shoot. Okay. Okay. The real story. Um, no. <laughs> you, you, you were the. We needed a black guy. But let's be honest. <laughs> they needed a black guy. So they called me. But no, I was uh, I was doing some stuff with uh, Craig Shelton and he was doing a show over here. And the. Well, originally it goes back to 1560 days. But re- more recently, um, I was doing some stuff with Craig and. He and I were doing really good stuff on Tuesday nights, Hustle Town and his website, and Fred liked what we were doing, and he invited us on a couple times, and it just kind of snowballed from there. And next thing you know, Fred's launching Sports Map, and he says, "Hey, you know, why don't you write for Sports Map?" Sure, no problem, I'll do that. And just kept ball kept rolling. You guys kept you know looking at my stuff and reading my stuff and giving me good giving them good feedback on when I would be on air, and they just kept asking me to come back. 
So here I am again. Yeah, and we keep giving you stuff to do, and you don't suck at it. So exactly. That's uh, that's that's how it worked. But uh, I was trying to be humble about it, but I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll let you go ahead and brag on me. <laughs> uh, but more importantly, for our female listeners, Jermaine recently single again. Yep. So uh, sup, girls? How's Facebook dating going for you? Trey, you weren't supposed to say that on there, bro. Bad. <laughs> Uh, you ought to know by now there's there's nothing you can't say on air around here we're we're 33 minutes into the show and trey already like (laughs) nah it's been cool man because like people are um there it's some weirdos out there though i'm not gonna lie y'all i'm not gonna lie it's some strange people out there but uh nah it's been it's been fun just meeting new people uh it's weird being single again and you're like 40 you know, oh, dude, you were in such a seller's market, though. I mean, it, honestly, if if you're an employed forty year old man, because I, I was I was single about the same time while I wasn't yeah. employed, uh, and I I mean, it, it's just it, it's the greatest thing in the world. I mean, I'm not saying that you know you shouldn't be in a relationship or anything, but right. but uh, if if, uh, if I were your age, I'd be enjoying the hell out of this. I am. I'm it's a just, little harder now at my age because you know I'm old and ugly. But back then, I you know I was at least passable, and you had hair. Uh, no, I, you have hair again, but I, I mean you had again. more hair. Well, I didn't have more than I have now, but uh, but no, I was I, you know I was in relative good shape, and it was uh, you know, it was a good time. It, it I enjoyed it. It was uh, uh, a a fun stretch because it is it's fun being in a seller's market because uh and. Before you, before you ladies say anything, you guys are always in the seller's market because you're women. You have all the advantages. If you want to go out and hook up with a guy, all you have to do is go someplace and say, hey, dude, you want to hook up? And every guy's going to do it because that's what guys do. We have to work at it. Yep. I'm just, and, uh, but yeah, you're in a, you're in a, uh, a good spot, I would say. I think so. I think so. I mean, I had to lose some weight because I had the gut, the whole dad bod thing going on. Like, ah, I can't be single out here with a gut. That's that's just not acceptable. So I lost yeah, some you weight. A little alcohol in them, they don't care. <laughs> it, it, but you know, it, it's funny because I just realized, like last week at my party, my cousin was like, "Yeah, I, I was working out and everything, and I almost forgot." You know, the party was for this time. I said, "Dude, where are you working out at?" It's like, "Oh, at my house." I said, we live around the corner from each other now. You never told me you had a home gym. I've been looking for, you know, a gym to go to or whatever. And he was like, oh, yeah, let's go and work out. So it's funny because he and I are roughly the same age. We're both single, both, you know, homeowners and whatever and whatnot. So we're, like, just trying to get ourselves in shape, get back out there on the market. Well, I wish you luck, but, you know, we're going to have to have reports. Anyway, I mean, we had to hear about Trey's strip bar experience. So, you know, we'll have to have some reports when it goes well or when it doesn't. Is that was like at the beginning of my radio career it was one of my favorite things was I had so many bad dating experiences. I, I, like I was basically unemployed and living off of my online poker winnings. And I went out on a date with this lady and we went to a wine place and you know, she orders the wine because she's a big wine person, right? Mm-hmm. $80 a freaking glass, four glasses in. And I'm sitting there going, Oh boy, this, this is, and like everything else about her was kind of cool, but you know, if you're going to stick me with the check, tell me it's an $80 glass of wine. Really? And you're having four of them. Good Lord. So yeah, I had, I had some, uh, some experiences. I'll just say that. Man, man I pray that nothing I have to go through. Good Lord. Eight, eight, $80 a glass. Yes. 
I can't. I'm trying to think. Like we bourbon whiskey guys, and I'm trying to think of what pour would be the equivalency of an eighty dollar glass of oh, wine. Oh, they're they're out there. Uh, I mean the the Louis the Fourteenth, yeah. uh, whatever that one is. I, I know that one's really expensive. There, there's a couple of them that I can think of off the top of my head, but I'm just like, At, man. Uh, well, in Vegas, Pappy's 120, Oof. but that's Vegas. Like, yeah. I, uh, around here, I know a couple of places that that have Pappy, and it's like 30 bucks, and it's worth that. But I, and I'm not big on wine. I can't think of any wine that I would pay 80 dollars for for one glass. And they ain't, they're not full glasses either. It's not like they pour the whole thing it's in It's like there. that little, it's like about a third of a glass, yeah. roughly. Yeah, and she's like, oh, this is so good. And I'm like, that's wine, what the hell. And, um, yeah, I, and at the time, I'm, I mean, I'm on, I'm on a pretty strict budget, so I'm, like, looking to see what I order that I'm getting, like, the $8 glass. Right. And, yeah, that was, like, a $500 tab at the end for a guy who probably had about $260 in his bank account at the time. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> went home and played poker all night to try to make the money back. And, uh, and fortunately, I did. I finished, like, third in, in some $10 tournament that had, you know, 400 people in it. So I managed to make the money back. But I, I put it needless to, to say, we never went out again. Uh, hell no. <laughs> hell no. And, and she did call. And, you know, once and say, hey, uh, I had a great time. Then I go, I bet you did. You drank $320 uh, worth of wine on you, my tail. I bet you did. Yeah. About, uh, and it was a first date. And if you're going to do that, don't you offer to, and she was a rich too. That was the other thing, <gasps> which, which made it worse. And I, I, you know, I told her, hey, man, I just got started in radio and, you know, uh, took a pretty bad beat in the divorce and don't really have a lot of money. Still did it. So. Yo, Adrian says, I would have gone to the bathroom and jumped out the window. Yeah, except the problem was I knew the bartender who actually, you know, the good news out of it was she and I went out a few times after that. Nice. She was fun. But then she went back to her other boyfriend because, you know, he was young and handsome and I wasn't. So. Ah. 713-780-ESPN, your number, 713-780-ESPN. Three seven seven six. Let's uh, squeeze John on real quick. What's up, John? Yeah, I was just wondering if you thought that you know LSU is going preemptive on this whole rate thing now. But uh, do you think they are thinking in the back of their heads they screwed up Jeremy Hill so bad that uh, they might want to take matters in the hand uh, this time? You know, last time they, uh, while he was getting recruited, Jeremy Hill, ex Cincinnati back, he uh, was charged with oral sexual battery of a fourteen year old, and LSU decided to go ahead and just. Just, just recruit him anyway. And what's funny is Les Miles, what did, how did he decide? He let the team vote on it, whether they should still recruit him or not. Isn't that asinine? Well, especially now. I mean, they, people are a lot more knowledgeable about these things and a lot less tolerant. But, no, I don't think cleaning out this coaching staff had anything to do with that because especially uh, Linehan and, uh, and Pelini were just there for a year. So... They didn't have any, and some of these allegations go back, you know, last year, year before. Right. So uh, these guys that they got rid of, especially Linehan and Pelini, they had absolutely nothing to do with some of these allegations that were brought forth. This was just based off this year's performance and what they were projected to do, what they should have done, and what they ended up doing. So when you look at it, yeah, it was a crazy year. You had opt-outs. You had guys that got hurt, and you, you were dealing with a young team. You lost a lot of guys to the NFL. But at the same time, you're LSU. You shouldn't be that damn bad. You know, you should be a whole hell of a lot better than what they were 
they weren't, they failed to live up to expectations. They're going to clean house because they have the boosters and the money in order to do so. Most schools that don't have that kind of backing, that kind of money, they wouldn't been able to clean house because they wouldn't be able to financially afford to do so. LSU is in one of those positions where they can financially afford to do so, so they did it. Plain and simple. Um, back to the dating thing, uh, Danish Ken said his friend told him the same thing. He's also recently single trying out Facebook dating. Uh, that is the one thing that's probably a negative right now is um, there's not a lot of going out, which I'm sure that's going to be a challenge. But, you know, I, I think uh, you might have a chance to get to know somebody better. It's been my experience that uh, on both men and women that they always hold back at the beginning and then you start finding out all the warts. Man, and you know, that's, that, that's what I'm afraid of. But if, if you get to know them via Facebook or uh, you do FaceTime and things like that before you actually go out a few times, uh, maybe you start to see the warts ahead of time. Just, and you never know all of them until you move in with somebody. That that's when, that's when you start seeing the really dirty habits, and if you can put up with that, great. If you can't, then it's probably too late once you've moved in. The moving thing ain't happening no time soon. Never. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Can't have it. Nope. 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 Can't do it because, like, just me, my kids, and stuff like that. Like, well, the boy's supposed to be going to the Air Force when he graduates in April, so counting down for that. But my daughter. Mm-mm. Nah, I can't do it. I have nobody coming to stay at my house. I don't even like people coming to visit me at my house, much less move into my house. All right. Uh, Tulane is uh, closing the gap here a little bit. How much time do we have left in that? I can't I can't see from this far. Yeah, I, I'm just curious. It's I don't know. Insane. I haven't really been paying attention. I think there's like, they're in the third quarter, I know. Oh, okay, so there's the, there's still time. The fourth quarter last well, time. okay, there's a big difference between the third quarter and the fourth quarter. Yeah. If it's the fourth I'm quarter, they don't they may not have time here. If they third quarter, they still got time. All right, we're, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. Uh, Seven minutes left in the third. Oh, okay. And it's now 26 to 20. Oh, no, we missed the extra point. No, I made it. Okay. 26 20, favor of Nevada. All right, we are going to take a very quick break. We come back. I want to get Jermaine's thoughts on uh, one high Miss Harden. We'll do that when we return. It's a blitz on ESPN 97.5, 925. This is the blitz on ESPN 97.5. is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. A little breaking news before uh, we move on to Hymas Harden. Uh, Deshaun Watson fined for his restaurant opening where all his uh, beloved teammates showed up. 7500 his teammates were offered; uh, they they were fined five thousand, and Watson offered to pay their fines because they violated COVID nineteen protocols, stemming from his restaurant opening grand event where they uh, apparently weren't wearing masks and there were photos taken. Eh, whatever, you know, these guys are together all the time. I, I don't get the big deal, but anyway, he was fined. So uh, James Harden, this thing's getting really ugly, and. I mean, I, I, I got to think the Rockets are going to make a move soon. But 
and, and yesterday, Patrick and I went through a lot of the, the rumors that are out there that uh, Granado had reported Toronto and Boston. Um, there was a report out that the Nuggets, and that's that's the one I liked the best was the Nuggets. Same here. Uh, but what uh, your your thoughts on uh, uh, on Harden? What what should be done? When should it happen? Okay, I wrote about this last week for Sports Map, and I said they they need to keep him, restore his trade value, uh, put out all the right words and phrases and whatnot. But it seems as if that's the way the organization wants to go about it. But James has other ideas he wants out now. And so now he's starting to do the temper tantrum things, you know, fussing, getting into it with teammates, throwing the basketball at the rookie and, you know, next question at press conferences, just being real, you know, dickweedish is how I'll, I'll put it. Um, he's trying to force his way out as soon as possible. And it seems as though they're way, they're willing to ride it out. Like Tillman Fertitta said in the off season, we're willing to get uncomfortable. They're willing to get uncomfortable. James is not willing to be uncomfortable. So it, it's kind of a, a clash of wills, uh, what's going on right now. If there's an offer out there by the Nuggets, they should have took it last week. It, anything that involves Jamal Murray for James Harden, whereas the Nuggets are concerned, they should have already taken it. James Harden should be a Denver Nugget right now. He should have a photo shoot. Jamal Murray should be in a Rockets uniform ASAP because that kid is going places. And I really like his game. He showed a lot of heart. That, that whole series with Utah going back and forth with Donovan Mitchell and them, them eventually beating Utah in that series, that, that showed me a lot. That that kid is going to be a star. He, Donovan Mitchell, Brandon Ingram, uh, Jason Tatum, a lot of these guys are going to be the next, you know, Hardens and KDs and those type of ilks in the NBA. And if you have your chance to get your hands on somebody like that, I take it. Now, the thing with Toronto I like Siakam. Siakam has built himself into a two-way player where he used to just be a defensive specialist. So he's on the come-up. He's nowhere near the, the the level of talent of somebody like a Harden or a, a Jamal Murray. But when you have a guy like that who can provide you something on both ends of the floor, you need that, especially in today's NBA. See, I hate that trade from Toronto's perspective, though. Uh, I, it, because you, you've already got two pretty good guards right. in Lowry and Van Vliet. You just signed Van Vliet. Uh, now, I know they like to go for it, and, and going after Kawhi Leonard was the right move because it won him a title, and I, I think Ajiri is the best GM in the league, certainly in that conversation. Sorry, Daryl Morey. But um, I, I don't think from their perspective it makes a lot of sense because how does Harden fit with those two guys? And Siakam, to me, I, I wouldn't trade him. I mean, and, and so now you're trading what? Maybe, maybe you have to trade Lowry and Siakam to get him? You're not a better team. No, you're not. And here's the thing. Would you put – would you bring in Van Vliet off the bench? Because he would have to be the eye guy out of those three. Why would you pay a guy $20 million a year to come off your bench? Yeah, I just – that one doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And, and of course, the the wife was just railing about it because uh, she's a huge Raptors fan. You know? well, of course. Yeah, don't, you, don't you dare send that guy there. Uh, but uh, – yeah, that one I don't get. the The Celtics one does make some sense, of course. but you know, it, and I think the the impression of Harden by other teams is different than what it is here, where we've seen it up close and personal. And they probably are looking at him saying, "If we can add this guy, you know, maybe maybe we can make it back to the finals." And and maybe you can out of the East, but I, I just from a fit perspective. And uh, 
and then the whole Ben Simmons thing. How, how does Ben Simmons fit in here when you've just committed to John Wall for three he, years? He does not. And that's the most idiotic thing that I've heard of people saying they need to get Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. Ben, ben Simmons is a big guy. Who, he's like a big point guard who can't shoot. Why would you want somebody like that on this team? That makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. You got John Wall as your ball-dominant guard already. You already have to deal with, okay, what if we don't trade James right now? We already have to have James and, and, and John Wall. At least James can shoot. You put Ben Simmons there, you, now you got two ball-dominant point guards on the team, and one of them can't shoot. The other one's coming off of, of, of a, two uh, dramatic injuries. Why the hell would the Rockets want to do that? That's unless they plan on moving him to another team. There's a third team involved, and Simmons goes somewhere else. Harden goes to Philly, and then the Rockets get whatever else. That's the only way something involving Ben Simmons and the Rockets makes sense to me. Uh, yeah, I, I think if if Simmons is part of another trade that brings you a different player who's a better fit, exactly. That, that's that's where it works. But that's where it works. And to all these people defending James Harden right now on Twitter and Facebook and other forms of social media and stuff, just stop it, please, because you make yourself look like dumbasses. Because James Harden is being a petulant child who's throwing a temper tantrum because his daddy, Tillman Fertitta, no longer wants to give him his way and do his bidding. If your kid was in the middle of the store and they're flailing about, I want ice cream, I want ice cream, would you let your kid sit there and flail in the middle of the floor and scream that they want ice cream to the top of their lungs? I don't know about y'all, but if my kids were to do that, they're getting an ass whooping right in the middle of the store. I'm not about to let James Harden or anybody else dictate to me what they're going to do just because you don't like the way things are going anymore. Daryl Morey is out. He's no longer giving you your way. Mike D'Antoni is out. He's no longer giving you your way. Les Alexander sold the team. He's no longer giving you your way. Now you have to deal with people who want to hold you accountable all the way around the building and you don't like the way this is going. You don't like the way this is feeling. You don't like the the, the mood and the things that have, are being done. So now you want to pout and cry and, and, and get your way out of town. You know what? That's great. But go about it a different way. You know, I just don't like the way he's going about it because he's lowering his trade value to other teams for the Rockets, which is him trying to force his way out of town. But the, the Rockets are trying to find this balance of, okay, we need to bring him in restore his trade value, but at the same time, actively look for a, a deal for him. We can't do that if he's acting out and, and giving these kind of press conferences and stuff. And I like him as a basketball player, but starting to see more and more of this devious attitude, I'm starting not to like him as a person. And the people who are out there trying to defend him saying that, well, he won. What did he win here? He won 65 games one year, had the number one seed, and, and couldn't get to the Western Conference Finals. Could never made it to. They made it to what two Western Conference Finals under Harden? Yeah, two that's six it. years. Yeah, that's it. Never sniffed the NBA Finals. Never even got that close. The the hamstring away, big deal. If they wouldn't have gone zero for twenty seven in that stretch against the Golden State Warriors, they probably could have still end up winning that game. My thing is just please stop making yourselves look foolish defending someone who does not want to be here. He has clearly made that. Visible to everybody that's involved, he no longer wants to be in Houston. So why are you fans still defending him? I bet y'all the same type of people that stay in abusive relationships. Because this is what this is. This is an abusive relationship. He has abused you as fans, and he wants out, telling you he wants out, and you are still defending him. You know what's going to happen? Everybody who's defending him now, as soon as he's traded, oh, I'm glad that guy's gone. You watch. Exactly. And it's going to be like, I'm. oh, I'm so glad we got so-and-so in that trade for Harden. It's really not that bad of a deal. You're going to get 75 cents on the dollar, 80 to 85 if you're lucky. 
So whoever you're getting back is not going to fill that void. It's not going to be nowhere near as good as James Harden is. So the minute all of you start honking and saying, yes, yes, I think we got a good deal for Harden. I like this guy. I like this guy. The only way I can say that this this has an upward trajectory is if you get Jalen Brown, who I really like, from the Celtics, or Jamal Murray from the Nuggets. Those are the two rumored guys in any of these rumored trades that has some sort of upward trajectory to say, okay, they, they have a young piece to build around here with an up-and-coming star. Not a superstar, but an up-and-coming star, especially Jamal Murray. But other than that, there's nothing out there comparable that the Rockets are going to get back in a trade for James Harden to say this was a great deal for the Rockets. Yeah, and, and rumors are there'll be picks involved and there'll be uh, – uh, and, and Michael Porter Jr. also uh, rumored to be in that I really deal, like him too. Which uh, – oh, darn, Nevada missed a field goal. Till twenty six twenty, so I mean, those are the kind of things you want to do that. But you know, it, it's you also have to. The other team has to want to do it. And in this case, and somebody said earlier that the Nuggets have said that Murray's off the table. Well, I, I what are you what are you going to say right now in case you don't make that deal? Uh, I I don't trust anything that's come out other than what Granado said because I I know Granado has really good sources, right? And I I don't know who this guy was who reported the the denver thing all i know is that when i saw it it's like i like that deal i'll do that all right quick break don't go anywhere it is the blitz on espn 97.5 and 92.5 to espn 97.5 